morning. Um, happy Mother's Day to you mothers out there. I do want to share real quick that my when he asked me if I wanted to speak today, I'm like, are you absolutely crazy? I'm like, Mother's Day is one of the hardest messages to speak, and why would you want me to do that? And he said, I disagree. How hard is it to stand up and tell women how awesome they are? And I said, you're not taking into account the people that are in the room and some of the pain that they're going through. You're not taking into account that some people, it's their first Mother's Day without their mother. For some people, it's their first Mother's Day without their child. For some people, they've been praying and praying and praying for a baby and waiting. For some people, they've been praying and praying and praying and they have a baby in this room with them right now. Emotions are everywhere. And today my prayer is that I don't do any further harm, but that Jesus heals and that he does what only he can do today. That my words would be few and that the Holy Spirit would just minister to you right where you are in whatever season of life that you are in. Um, I know I'm not great at that, but man, that's my heart. I saw some of you walking in this morning and I was standing in the corner and I just cried because I'm like, the hurt. Um, I can't imagine. And then the joy that I have to put all that aside right now because I could just sit up here and cry. And I'm going to put it all aside. And to show you guys that I'm just mush on the inside, I'm going to show you three pictures real quick. The first one I think they're going to put up, that's me. And um, I just want you guys to check it out because people look at me, and I have been told my whole life, um, I used to play basketball. I was a basketball player. And all the coaches would say, you can leave her alone. She's not going to do anything. And then when I started hitting three-pointers, all of a sudden I became a threat to people. Um, All and on, that my husband, when he went to marry me, people are like, what do you see in her? Because all of his friends were marrying these Barbies, beauty queens, that, you know, just what everybody would like to see. And I am just like, man, when people look at me, what do they see? And I will be the first to say I have a horrible RBF. And if you just look at me, you're like, man, is she mean. And all I would say is, you should get to know me. The next picture, this is our bulldog. This is Charlie. I did not like animals until Charlie came along. Charlie is a miracle for us. And if you want to know how a dog can be a miracle, come see me and I will tell you. Charlie taught me how to love And I know that sounds silly, but she's taught me how to love. And I'm so thankful for this stupid little dog that makes me madder than anything. But man, she is love. And then the third one, this is my truck. Okay? This is my COVID is happening. I used to drive a Ford Flex, decked out Ford Flex. My lease came up. My husband said, what do you want to drive? I had been making so many decisions after decisions, and I said, I don't care. Just go get me whatever. This is what he comes back with. I'm like, okay, I can rock this. Um, And kind of the moral of the story, you guys, is when you look at this, Pastor Jim loves things with beefy legs. 
If you look at my truck, it seems like it's all power. And I told my staff one day, I'm like, listen, we can tow it with my truck. I was so excited. I finally have a truck. I can do my farm girl things. I am a farm girl. That's the farm girl body. And it used to make me mad when people would say that. But I'm like, we can take my truck. It's got a hitch. And then we can plug it into my Jeep. And we went to do it. It doesn't have a hitch, nor does it have anything you can plug into. I'm like, this is just like me. It looks tough, but it is a big pile of mush that can't do anything. And that's, I just want you guys to keep in mind today that as I speak, that I'm just a big pile of mush, doing the best I can to be who God created me to be. And that is my prayer. And what I want to talk to you guys about today is no matter what season you're in, God's got something for you to do. And that's actually going to be my first point. You are created for purpose no matter what season you are in. Ephesians 3.20 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So I want you to change that real quick. And I want you to say, For I am God's handiwork... Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for me to do. I'm going to pray real quick. God, thank you for today. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, come. Do what only you can do. Meet every person in this room, God. The people who are here just because mom asked him to for a a gift to her. God, I pray that you administer to them as well, Father. And I thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. The first thing that sticks out to me in this verse is, um, there's so much, first of all. But first of all, I am God's handiwork. And for years, I've not liked God's handiwork on my life. Because I've looked at myself, and I don't like my farm girl legs. Um, A little kid looked at me once and he's like, those are the fattest calves I've ever seen in my life. And the parents were like, oh my. And what do you say? I'm like, kids say the silliest things, you know, and walk off. But he was just speaking things that I already felt. And I can tell you guys, I already told you, for years, people looked at me and didn't think there was anything to me. So I wanted to prove myself that I was something. So when we first got married... I wanted to be on the platform. I wanted to be the one speaking. Because my husband was, people loved him, and every time he spoke, man, God did incredible things. That's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do the things that God had for me to do because they didn't look good to me. Right? It's easy to look at somebody else and think, man, what they're doing is great. So I wanted to create myself to be something else. Um... But you have to figure out who you are, right? When I started discovering this six years ago, my husband came to me and he said, I need someone who's going to lead the staff. I need someone who's going to do um, all the things I don't want to do. And I was like, oh, sounds like fun. Sign me up. But I already knew those were the things I was supposed to do. But I didn't want to do them. Because they weren't seen. They weren't appreciated. They were just things that got done so that he could do what he did. 
And for years, I held that against him, and I wanted that. So for years, he would let me speak up here, and when I did it, man, I caused confusion. I caused all kinds of problems, but yet I was determined, no, that's what I'm going to do, until he came and asked me, would you please do this? And I knew that I had to, so I started doing it begrudgingly until I started discovering who God created me to be and appreciate that who God created me to be. I started, okay, God, if this is me, this is your handiwork, then what is my job? What are the good works? And I had to start discovering who I am. So we hired somebody to come in and do a DISC assessment with us. Have you guys ever done a DISC assessment? All right. Well, a D is dominant. They are, um, what am I trying to say? They are looking for results. Results driven, um, direct. I's are the life of the party. Um, S are, they're just steady people. And most of the world is that. Most of you in this room are S's. C's, they need all the information. Like, yeah. You sit down, they're going to ask you every question possible. And you're just like, oh, guys, can we get done with this? In fact, this is a great example. After we did the DISC assessment, we sat down. There were four staff members. It was myself, Pastor Carl, Susan, and Faye. Susan, who is a C, was asking questions about the, well, why was it this? Why was it that? Pastor Carl, who is an S, was so patiently explaining everything to her. <laughs> Faye, who is an I, hey, Dina, did you see blah, blah, blah? Did you do And she's wanting to talk. And I'm just sitting there going, for the love of God, can I get out of this meeting? <laughs> because I am a D. And when we did the DISC assessments, like, he's like, open your packet and you will see there'll be two letters next to your name. And I'm like, well, mine's wrong because it's just got one. And he's like, well, yours just has one because that means you are like D to the D to the D. Like off the charts, D. All of a sudden, I started making sense. I'm not mean. I am direct. I'm very black and white. So when I stand up and talk, it is hard for people because I just get straight to the point. There's an elephant in the room. I'm going to pull it out. I'm going talk about it, and then I'm going to walk off the platform and leave all y'all to deal with it. <laughs> Which, you know, you have to learn how to do that. But it is, you have to discover who you are so that you can do the good works God has for you. Right? While I was also doing this, I did another test to find out that I, my top two spiritual giftings, generosity and leadership. Which doesn't surprise me either. So I am so thankful that I had to start doing this. Who am I? Because I can't do the good works that I want to do if I'm impersonating Pastor Jim. I can't do the good works God has for me if I want to be somebody else. But I can do the good works he has for me right now. And whatever season of life you guys are in, it may not be fun right now. It may be the worst season of your life but God still has something for you to do in this season of life because God doesn't waste. God's wanting to do something amazing in you 
and through you once you discover who you are. I can tell you guys, the things that I've had to do, I'm like, this is not very good. Climbing under bathroom stalls to unlock the doors. And I'm like, yeah, he gets to stand on the platform. And I do this. I'm taking the trash out to the dumpster, getting stuff spilt on me, and he's on the platform. Um, But that's okay. That's who God created me to be. And I joy in that now. It's a good work. And I just ask you guys today, what are the good works God has for you? But first of all, do you know who you are? Do you know who God's called you to be? If you don't, one of the gifts today we're giving away is my husband's book, Why is Greater Than What? You need to get it and you need to read it so you can figure out who God created you to be because he's got good works for you to do. Amen? But you can't do them until you get there. My second point that I have for you guys today is sometimes whenever you discover who you are and what God has for you to do, it's lonely. When I was asked to do this, I did not know any other female leading any other church because that just isn't allowed in church, I guess. And because people don't understand there's a church side of the church, but there's also a business side of the church. And can I tell you something else? Eyes like to say yes to everybody because they want everybody to like them. So he was saying yes to people and then coming to me saying, you need to go tell them no. (laughs) And I'm like, I need to do what? And he's like, yeah, I, I, I don't want them to do that. And maybe he wouldn't necessarily say yes or he would be like, oh, that's really cool. And then he would come to me and say, now you need to go tell them. This is a great job. Can I also mention Ds? There's only 6% of the population is a D. So to find a D female leading a church to show you how to do it, it doesn't exist. And my husband and I laugh all the time. I don't know how to be a D without being a B. Because when I say no, can I tell you guys something? You guys don't like to hear the word no. There's no laughing now because y'all are all, you're right. I don't want to hear the word no. But there's times that no is what has to be said. And not just for us, but for all of us, right? There's times that we need to hear no. But it's lonely. I can tell you guys, when I started it six years ago, I had no friends. Like, the staff didn't even like me because the staff was used to hearing, yeah, great idea, do it. And now all of a sudden I'm saying, no, that's not, no, Jason, you can't flush goldfish down the toilet. Why not? Because you can't. It, yeah, you know? But it's lonely sometimes doing those things. I think of things that I have watched my daughter-in-law go through. Um, I'm not going to cry because I'm putting that all aside today. But my daughter-in-law, after she gave birth to our grandson, um, there were complications with him, and it got kind of scary. And um, when they went home, she was scared to go to sleep. Like, it was just hard. And she went through postpartum um, insomnia, which I don't know if you guys know anything about that. She couldn't sleep. She needed to sleep. Went to doctors after doctors. 
We're pulling 24-hour duties, um, myself and my husband, her parents, to take care of the newborn baby because my son's trying to take care of um, his wife. And it was scary to watch. And there was nobody to talk to. Like, I literally sat there by her bed one night when she called the, her doctor, the doctor that gave birth, and she told him what was going on. And he said, yeah, go to the ER if it's that bad. And if not, I'll see you Tuesday. Never once asked her, are you having thoughts of harming yourself? Are you having thoughts of harming your child? All the questions that should have been asked. She hung up. I was devastated for her. My son loaded her up. They went to the ER. And um, they didn't do anything for her. Sent her home. It was scary. And yet I watched her go through that. I'm not going to cry. Um... And it was lonely for her because she didn't have anybody. And it was lonely because she felt like she was the only one ever who had gone through it. And some of the people in this room, I feel like you think you're the only one ever who has gone through it because nobody's talking about it. And I watched her as she just chose to keep leaning into God and asking God for help. She would come in and have women's ministry pray over her. She would do all of the things that she knew to do. She was journaling. She was reading in her Bible. And yet, she just couldn't go to sleep. And I just thought, wow. I'm watching her do that, and I'm just, I'm not doing it myself. I'm questioning, where is God? Why is this happening? Instead of saying, God, what are you wanting to teach us during this time? But she was saying, God, what do you want to teach us? And I think some of you are in those lonely places. You know who God's called you to be, and you're lonely because nobody else is doing it. But let me tell you, I talked to a lady this week on the phone, never been to our church. She's a church consultant, and she said, I can tell just from looking at your finances, your church is full of pioneers. Your church is full of people who understand how important it is to release what God has put in them so that the body of Christ would benefit from it. And I was like, oh, that's prophetic, man. I started getting chicken skin. She's never been here. But she could tell from finances that people understand what happens when we release to God what he's put in us instead of saying, I don't understand what's going on, Right? Some of us feel lonely because we are choosing to keep things in and nobody knows what we're going through, right? Some of us are lonely because nobody else is doing it and we're having to figure it out. But can I remind you guys when it's those lonely times, every time in the Bible before God wanted to do something great, people went through great times of loneliness. Noah, go build an ark and how many people were there? Moses, go up to the mountain by yourself. Joseph, your brother sell you. Can you imagine? Um, Mary and Martha, who are standing at the tomb waiting, how lonely must that have been? And Jesus, right before he was being crucified, went up to the mountain to pray, and his disciples didn't even stay awake. How lonely must that have been? But God, 
but God had something else for them to do. And that leads me to my last point. It's when you know who you are and you're feeling lonely, because when you're feeling lonely, man, that enemy's looking for someone to take and devour. Amen? When you're called and you know it, man, you gotta stand firm. Because if you don't, it's easy for the enemy to come in. Because let me tell you, once Lauren started getting really close to the heart of God and saying, I don't know what to do, God, God started moving. And now the words that he spoke to her, she uses now to speak to other moms. Because moms know she wasn't quiet about it. And when she wasn't quiet about it, now people know who they go to to find out about postpartum. God's given her a beautiful uh, ministry out of things that are so hard and nobody can help you go through them. But your most important next to that you will ever have in this life is keeping your ear next to the heart of the Father. Because when you keep it there, God's gonna speak words to you that bring comfort to you, but that is going to be used to launch a ministry, to do things that you never thought he could do. Because let me tell you, once I figured out who I am and what God's called me to do, and I became so lonely that I had no other choice than to get to the heart of the Father, I've got women now calling me saying, what do I do? How do I do this? I've never done this before. God's using everything that I've gone through. And I'll take, do you know who you are? Do you know the giftings God's given you? Do you know when people misunderstand you? It's okay. I'm still very misunderstood. Half of you are scared to death of me. He says all the time, she runs the church, I pastor the church. Half of you say, nah, he's just being nice. As somebody actually said the other day, because Easter's going on in here, and you guys will rarely see me at things. Some people think it's because I'm not here. It's not, it's because I'm doing the next thing. So while Easter's happening in here, I'm cooking breakfast for the people to eat between services. While they're eating, I'm tearing down stuff in the kitchen to get it ready for the next thing. When that's done, I'm tearing down rooms that can be torn down so we can get out of here. When funerals are happening, people are like, where's Dina? you know what? I want to be out here, but I'm prepping all the food for the people. But I can tell you guys something. I've learned to enjoy that that's who God called me to be. And I'm going to be even, this is why God gave me this body. Because I am not afraid to pick up tables. I'm not afraid to stack chairs. I'm not afraid to climb under a toilet stall. Because you know what? Anything that I do underneath, God gave me this picture My husband and I are like a flower. And this is gonna sound really corny, but he gets to be like the sunflower. He is like what gets to be seen. And the face of the sunflower is always pointed towards the sun. I don't know if you guys know that, but I'm like, God has given my husband such a gift, such a heart for the father, that when he stands up, he can come up here in three minutes and take what I just said, and make it so you all are crying and you all get it and you all leave here changed. And I stand up here and you're all like, I don't know what she's trying to say. But he can do that because when we work together, he and I, he gets to be the sunflower that is seen, that's bringing glory to the Father through his giftings. 
that I get to be the root system. And that root system determines the height of the sunflower. So today, I understand if you're going through a hard season. Ron Donikowski, I'm gonna point you out, I'm sorry. You just lost your wife and you're here. There's people in this world that need to know how to get through it like you are. I've never seen anybody do it like you are. So thank you for leading, pioneering. Thank you for being who God called you to be. Chris Dobeck, where are you? He's over here. When I became the executive director of operations, I'm like, I can't tell men what to do. They're never gonna listen. It was time for me to hire an assistant. And I chose Chris. And I had people saying, why? No, you shouldn't have a man. That you're a female, you should have it. And I'm like, I'm just telling you who God gave me. After we did our disc assessments, I am straight D. Chris is CSI. Everything that I'm not, Chris is. And can I tell you something else? Because of Chris's life, his father passed when he was eight and he was raised by a single mom. And he watched his mom go through stuff. He watched his mom come in and cry to him and help him. And it was lonely because he had nobody else. Who do you go to when you're eight years old and your dad's passed and you're watching your mom go through these things? He had to press into the heart of the father that because of that, he has an amazing ministry today that he leads all the female admins in our offices. But he can do that because I can tell you guys, they come in right now and they're crying. And I'm like, Chris, you better talk to them because I'm getting ready to tell them to rub some dirt in it and get out of my office. And he is so patient and kind, but he's being who God created him to be. And someday he's gonna need to write a book on that because how do you take your pain, make it your passion and proficiency so that you can do what only God can do through you, amen? So whatever season you guys are in today, if you're saying, I've been praying and praying and praying, you need to know you're not alone. If you're in a season where your children are lost, you're not alone in this room, believe me. There's so many of us, think, I can't tell people because if, they, if I do, that makes me a bad parent. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. The truth is your kids have free will. If you're in this room and you're saying, this day just really hurts. It just hurts and I'm just here out of faithfulness. God wants to do something amazing in you today as you put your heart and your head next to the heart of the Father because He wants to speak to you things that I could never speak to you, even though I've tried. But God wants to minister to you today. So we're going into one last song, and I pray that you guys would flood these altars and let God do in you what only He can do in you today, and that when you leave here, you would leave changed by the power of Jesus. Amen. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you're doing minister to every person in this room, God, that they would not fall into the trap of believing they are alone. But God, there are times to be lonely so that we go to you. There's times that we're lonely, that we're, man, 
we have to choose, are we going to run and hide? Or are we going to push into the Father and what He's got for us? So God, today I pray that we choose to press into the Father. We just give you all the glory, Father, in Jesus' name.